This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Poetry Questions TPQ20, where we sit down with your favorite authors to talk about passions, process, pitfalls, and poetry. My name is Chris Margolin. Let's expand the conversation. Hello, hello. How's it going? Amazing, man. How about you? Doing all right. Doing all right. I teach. Uh, I teach middle school, so we uh, we got twenty six days left, and it is. Uh, we are definitely in the middle of a countdown. Oh man! <laughs> what, what school do you teach at? I teach at a at a school called Lauren Middle School out here, and I live out in Wash in Vancouver, Washington. Mm-hmm. Lauren. Yeah, so it's uh, it's it's pretty cool, but we uh, yeah, we have uh, we've hit that time of the year where we've got standardized tests next week, and uh, then it's kind of like you know, school kind of shuts down at the end there. So uh, I'm excited to uh, to have you on TPQ20. Um, I've been I've been a fan for a long time, uh, and uh, in fact, when I started the poetry question um, in 2011, uh, I had actually sent you. Uh, you were one of uh, so I, I started the poetry question by a student asking me to prove the relevance of poetry in the 21st century. Interesting. And my response to them was to uh, go on YouTube and just search spoken word poetry. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we filled up this whiteboard with 183 names. Right. Um, and you were on that board and we sent out uh, tweets to as many people as we could. And you were one of the first people who actually responded to us. Wow. So, so this has been a, this has been a long time coming. So I'm really appreciative of your time today. Um, and we always like to start off TPQ 20 by saying, we know who you are, but our audience might be new to you. So if you were to give that bio, that's not showing up on your website or, uh, you know, or a Wikipedia page, who would you say you are? Uh, a kid with uh, moderate to severe learning challenges uh using um the language languages of earth people to create a scaffold by which I can climb out of the darkness of confusion. Oh, I like that. Oh, I like that. All right. So I always like to start off with some timeline questions. Um, when for you does writing become something more than what a teacher is asking you to do? Like when was that first time you really thought this could be something fun to do uh, rather than just an assignment? I don't think I reached that point until I was like 14. Mm. When I was a freshman in high school and we had an English assignment and we were, we got onto Greek mythology and 
I just started to create my own gods mm. and, their own, and their attributes and got lost in that. I love that. Is that something now? Uh, I talked to a lot of poets about like uh, their old Tumblr pages or the old poetry.com stuff that we used to post. Uh, do those pieces still exist for you? Yeah, they've they've morphed into the stuff I did with Marvel. Mm. I yeah. love that. That's that's a what a cool. I mean, what a cool way to to go about something to have created something. You know, as a as a kid. Yeah. Uh, that becomes that becomes such a big a part of a big enterprise and then you know such a such a well a marvel i mean there's not a better word for it it's, you know, yeah. it's incredible <laughs> so was there for you like i i definitely first caught on to you through def jam poetry okay. um that was my first exposure to you and then you know kind of following you through you know into the hip-hop world yeah so so for you i guess where's the Where's the line for you between a poem and a, you know, a hip hop song or a piece of music, or is there is there a line between that? Is one does one beget the other, or is it just, uh, or or is there a different path for each? Um, there's definitely a diversity between writing uh, prose. Um, and written poetry and spoken word. I think those are three different things for me. Mm. Um, for me, spoken word poetry is just that it has to rhyme, um, but it rhymes differently on paper. So that's like poetry. That's more like static poetry. Mm. And then prose is more like a rhythmic thing is feels like a rhythm it doesn't necessarily have to have these elizabethan or shakespearean it kind of is free from those confines except for that it has to feel rhythmic to the human ear mm. now when you go to write do you since you since you've said the three different pieces or, you know, do, do you have, when you go to sit down to write, do you know what you're writing for? Do you have a, if you're writing a specific piece, is it specific to spoken word or may it morph into, you know, just a piece on the page or, a, you know, or a, a song later? My primary is spoken word. Okay. My primary is spoken word, but I am cognizant when I'm writing a verse for Drake versus right. you know me doing something to be formed by me and my band mm. um, i'm also conscious that when i'm writing for beyonce my poetry doesn't necessarily translate into an r&b hit oh that's a, that's that's interesting because that's not something i mean that is interesting because what i guess what do you do you pull end up pulling things out after you've written yes. something so it's an editing process for it's you once it gets process. there yeah it's an editing process it's um because it's, we're not it's not uh a finite thing so to speak it's not like cooking like when you're chefing when you put an ingredient in my nigga that shit is in there you know you, right you know the only thing you can do is counterbalance 
Mm. But this ethereal culinary art, if you will, what you're, you know, this, this food for the thoughts, you know, when you're feeding the masses information, all those colloquialisms that have to do with intake, um, mm. you're, you have the ability to kind of um, fast shift. And I love that about it. Cause it's not like when you're building these, these stories or building these concepts, building these scenes, uh, it's not like building a building obviously, cause you can, you know, you don't have to, it's, it does, it, you're in a, you're in a non-viscous environment. Right. It's, it's just all synapses and thoughts. And it's, you move at the speed of, of think. Mm. Well, and how does it, for you, when you're working with a team of writers, then is there, how do you prepare yourself for, you know, the changes that may come from multiple people to something you've been working on? Well, luckily I have the, I have the, the immense luxury of being the, the primary writer of any room I'm in, you know? Okay. So then I guess, then I guess to rephrase that, how do you, what do you look for in good feedback then? Oh, I look for criticism. Oh, okay. Yeah, I look for criticism. I, I, I go as obtuse as you can go. And, you know, wait for people to tell me, hey, Malik, your autism is kicking in. You can't say that. <laughs> Sounds you like know. my household. Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> we're we're as neurodivergent over here as it as it gets. So yeah, we <laughs> same way here. It's crazy. It's... Well, do you, I mean, do you find like we always treat so we treat autism like a superpower over here? No question. And so so I guess what do you think has been your your superpower for that? How what do you, when you come to a table with with words? What is your what is your superpower? And how does your neurodivergence kind of kick in for you? Um, I would say um, my lack of social cognition allows me to uh, metaphorically wear the tight un- the tight the tight pantyhose and fly through the air. You know, <laughs> it literally allows me to not be embarrassed by the the strangeness because i mean superman having that outfit it would be really one of the craziest things to do like <laughs> you would really want to be as stealthy as possible you know <laughs> if you you we want to be matching the city camouflage type shit you know yeah well yeah. i was ta- I, I was talking with uh, paisley rectal the other day yeah. And um, and I asked her because she's you know, she was editing Best American Poetry and and I asked her, you know, what what does she see that writers aren't doing? What are writers too afraid to do? And, and her comment to that was uh, that some writers are just too afraid to say what they need to say and they get kind of trapped in in this not a cliche box, but they get trapped in this kind of same rhythm and flow that they've been doing forever and they don't actually finish their thought. So she kind of ended it with saying she's looking for thinking poems. Yeah. Um, and I, and I like that. And I, and I'm curious, you know, when do you know for you, um, when do you know that you're 
done enough with a piece to to share it in a way that you think it's going to live on and be that thinking poem well my i'll just give you my own doctrine on yeah. what words are when you formulate words much like formulating a human being you make it alive and that word lives forever, right? Um, and you have to be prepared to look at it going through its natural course of uh, human intrigue and, and I would even say human resistance. And you have to understand that you're watching this Rube's Goldberg machine take place with a ping pong ball that, that you colored yourself. And uh, you have to go through the ups and downs of that. So when I put out a poem, you know, uh, the good, the bad, and all the things that come with it, they exist forever. You can't unring a bell. And you'll always say, oh man, I wish I would have said this instead of that. Oh, I wish I wouldn't have said that. Oh, I should have said it this way. <laughs> and you, you can't, this is why I, and uh, I don't agree with cancel culture. Right. You know, I don't agree that if, okay, Jerry Jones, you know, great owner of the Dallas Cowboys, you know, was protesting kids at a sit-in. I'm here to tell you that kids follow the strongest kid, not mm. the strongest information. Right. right. Was he racist? We can never know. Is he racist now? Probably not very. Uh, did he do what kept him safe in his in his in his space? A hundred percent. Yeah. We can a hundred percent know that if he didn't do that, <laughs> he would have had some hell to pay. You well, know? I think I think that's kind of where where Paisley was heading too was this idea that you know she tells her students um, that you know, there's always going to be five years ago, we said something that, that from five years from now, we would wish we could take back. Yeah. And that her thing was, we need to just realize that we're going to say some shit once in a while. Sometimes it's not going to fly the way that we hoped it would, or somebody's not going to take it the way that we would, but we have to live with that decision. So I think that's, I think you guys are definitely on the same page with it. I like that. Um, yeah, and Paisley obviously is is a stalwart champion of of the ability to speak freely. I mean, and there's nothing in this space. I think that I think as we continue to truncate people's um, thoughts, we lose the ability to share valuable information mm. with one another. I, I think that we approach dialogue um the same way unfortunately the same way we approach politics from this bipartisan you're wrong or right standpoint you know i i like it or i don't like it only standpoint what can you learn from it there's plenty of things you're not gonna like you're not designed to like everything right you're not designed to like everything who the fuck told you that <laughs> Where's this intel coming from, man? <laughs> it's my kids. I don't like that. Fine. You don't have to make a harsh announcement. Yeah. yeah. 
Nah. <laughs> My little girl. Nah. I'm never gonna. Okay. Fine. Yeah. And say never. It's just an acquired taste, my friend. Oh and yeah. Relax about that, and and all, all this poetry and stuff is all, bro. You know, is it objective or subjective? Come on now, which one is it? <laughs> it can't be both, right? So, right. We have a, uh, you know, one thing. So, like, you're you're a writer too, right? Right. So when you're writing, right, you're, you're taking the experiences that you've had up to now. Absolutely. <laughs> you can't take your experiences from tomorrow. You know, yeah. I promise you, you can't. Because <laughs> yeah. you haven't experienced tomorrow yet. I'm sorry. No, as I tell my students, we have not yet built a time machine. So yeah, you can't, you can prognosticate yeah. what the fuck tomorrow may be like. And I mean, and I'm not saying tomorrow in the immediate, you know, calendar shift of the day. Right. I'm talking about tomorrow's to come, you know, the tomorrow world. Yeah. Where science is going to affect biology and biology is going to affect history and history is going to affect sociology and psychology is going to be affected by anthropology. Do you feel me? <laughs> I do so, indeed. Let's have that as part <laughs> of this, com this communique. Right. You know, so as a, as a poet, my nigga, I'm just like, let me write exactly what I feel and then let me filter it a little bit. But if I have to filter it too much, this poem won't ever come out. Right. Well, I think that's, I, I think maybe that's another, another question is when you're writing something for you, when is that point where, you know, you've written, you've written the piece that you want to write for you versus you think you've written the piece that the masses might be, you know, might hear from a different voice. Yeah, because um, that's got to be I, for me. That's I mean, you, you got a lot of writing credits, so you write a lot of stuff. So yeah, how do I'm you? Blessed. I'm blessed. Yeah, um, I think the thing that really uh, kind of kind of uh, affects me from an Androcles and Alliance standpoint um, that kind of sticks in my paw is I did a poem for Michael Jordan mm. and it, it didn't age well because at the end I say, I say, M, uh, MY start a party with a poem. That's me, Malik Youssef. Then MP, Mike Phillips. MP, get you sacks on the phone. And MJ gets six rings like you're not even home. <laughs> my, my kids don't understand what that means. <laughs> They yeah. don't get it. And I'm like, uh, it was such a dope ass line. Right. 2000. <laughs> Shorty, 10 years, 20 years ago, this was it. Everybody at Nike went crazy. Like, oh my God. Michael Jordan was like, I love that Malik. Now kids are like six rings. Like he's not even home. What he's playing on the road. What what's, what happened here? I'm like, ah, uh, they used to be this thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> that dinosaurs used called house phones you would put one in the kitchen on the wall one would be in the living room on some type of a, t a table right phone book under it what phone book yes that was the okay you know what not worth it so the poem and when i perform it i make sure that my audience is big people can't be kids 
And I hate that. I hate, I was like, what could I have? It was so clever then, but now it's just like, I feel like I was just being lazy. But that's yeah. It's 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 interesting to look at it's just interesting to look at lines from songs in general or poems and just see see their age and their time period and know that those things don't make any sense to to the newer gen i mean i like i always remember uh you know for me i i always had a poster of kurt cobain in the back of my classroom and i've been teaching for 20 years and about five six years ago students started asking who that was um and then when you said nirvana they were like who's that and i I had to be like like oh you know the foo fighters guys and then it's like you just go the the generational gap is is crazy and for for words and language i don't even understand some of the times i mean our our kid is 12 and like i don't get half the things they say it's like we need a dictionary constantly The dictionary is my best friend, bro. Also, I like to go to YouTube and see where they're getting it from. Like, what's this? Because I can't be the the fifty year old dad, man. It's like I I I refuse to be that person, bro. I understand that. I absolutely understand that. Well, as we uh, as we kind of head toward the uh, to the finish line here, who are the poets uh, and writers? that you're reading right now and that you're listening to right now, who's getting you excited? Um, I find these days, you know, with so much of this space being like people coming to poetry now, I right. find myself going back. Mm. Uh, so right now I've been on this poet named Conti Cole. All right. It has been a pleasure. Mm. to hear this guy's thoughts you know this is an old school guy that was you know in the time they don't even know if they used the word gay or was it just queer but he was and his social commentary was of the highest ilk Mm. of the very highest ilk love it I definitely that's not a name I know so definitely I one of the things I love about doing this podcast is that I hear so many new names and I get such a huge library from it and I love so, it so important ah well important. Ben, thank you so much for hanging out today on TPQ20 with me this is truly are we done okay. Honor. okay yeah okay. I okay. I, I minutes. okay got you I, I like, <laughs> I like short sweet to the point digestible content it, you know, I, I think we did a little cussing so this is not for the kids probably yeah it's hard to run a poetry podcast with uh well th- this way at least without without a little bit of, of cussing now and again so a little bit a, yeah I, I hope i wasn't i didn't go blue on it no you were you were wonderful i i appreciate you so much thank you so much for for hanging out with me today chris this was awesome thanks man you got 26 days left man oh we're you gonna know, make it hey hey man <laughs> equate yourself well brother and uh man thank you for the work that you do oh. and i when i'm when i'm in seattle man i need to slide up let to me school. know i need yeah. to slide up to school man and and break dance or something bro like <laughs> sounds good you know something like that g tell the kids i'm i'm sliding man you know what i'm saying I will. that will indeed all right man i will talk to you soon have a great rest of the night bless you, Chris. you as well bye
Thank you for listening to the Poetry Questions TPQ20. Please like, rate, review, and subscribe. See you next week.